Hold on tight. This is the generic live show. And now the official results of the Australian Marriage Law Postal Survey. For the national result, yes responses, 7,817,247, representing 61.6% of clear responses. That 61.6% of clear responses were yes. No responses, 4,873,987, representing 38.4% of clear responses. That's 38.4% of clear responses were no. A further 36,686 responses were unclear, representing 0.2% of total responses. At a state and territory level, every, every state and territory recorded a majority yes result. Every state and territory recorded a majority yes result over 60%, with the exception of New South Wales, which recorded a majority yes result of 57.8%. ACT had the highest majority yes at 74%. And that is... Uh, thanks for joining us here on the Jerk Live Show for a Sunday. It's Daryl Campbell here with you. Those that there was the official, excuse me, was the official result of the Australian same-sex marriage postal survey and adventure. There's just another stage in the adventure for the right for marriage equality. That is just amazing and we talked about this last hour as well but it just you kind of uh, you kind of have to go you know we got this far uh, and I was actually having a, a conversation with someone today uh, about this it's kind of like well and my point was well what the plebiscite would have told us the same thing. Opinion polls tell us the same thing here. Why Why did we need to spend $122 million, that's million with an M, on a postal survey that told would have told us the same thing as uh, this same-sex marriage uh, plebiscite? I don't understand. I, it, 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 it is baffling to me but it's here and Malcolm Temple has says overwhelming result means Parliament needs to act now and get on with legislating actually we'll hear more from the Prime Minister because last hour we, he got cut off uh, we'll play his speech in full detail in just a moment just a moment here but he has said on radio he said on record uh, and I think he says it in this clip here this needs to be sorted by Christmas so we could have marriage equality in Australia by Christmas time. Uh, but I feel like uh, when when this does happen, I feel like doing a special comment because I can't fit all of this in a segment and I might actually bring on friend of the show, uh, friend of mine, friend of yours, Maddie Benedetti, uh, either back on the show or in that special comment because she was here when, this, when the same-sex marriage plebiscite, the first idea of it, came to light. Uh, and the fact that that got bounced around and got rejected and the survey got picked up and, you know, got through a resounding yes and now that we're in the, 
the Senate arguments and the religious freedom stuff is also holding up uh, kind of a kind of a fun thing. I'm not a kind of a fun thing, but you know what? Like it's kind of holding up uh, this kind of process because people are like, "Hang on a minute, we didn't do this. Why are you doing this to us? What are you doing?" So it kind of uh, you know is holding up the process a little, uh, but. The Prime Minister wants this done by Christmas. Here is Prime Minister of Australia, Malcolm Turnbull. And they have voted overwhelmingly yes for marriage equality. They voted yes for fairness. They voted yes for commitment. They voted yes for love. And now it is up to us, here in the Parliament of Australia, to get on with it to get on with the job the Australian people have tasked us to do and get this done this year before Christmas. That must be our commitment. We asked the Australian people for their view. This was an unprecedented exercise in democracy. A voluntary survey, a voluntary postal survey in which 80% participated and over 61%, 61.6% have said yes. That is an overwhelming participation rate and an overwhelming yes vote. Now I know that many people, a minority obviously, voted no. But we are a fair nation. There is nothing more Australian than a fair go. There is nothing more Australian than equality and mutual respect. And everyone has had their say. That's what we pledged at the last election. Many people stood in our way. The Labor Party, number of people on the crossbench and others. They didn't want Australians to have their say. We did. And it is a great credit to Matthias Cormann that he was able to put together this ABS postal survey. A great credit to him, a great credit to the ABS and the officers of the Australian Electoral Commission that assisted them to have this done so efficiently, so comprehensively, so emphatically. And I say to all Australians, whatever your views on this issue may be, we must respect the voice of the people. We ask them for their opinion and they have given it to us. It is unequivocal. It is overwhelming. They are our masters we who are elected to Parliament, it is our job now to get on with it. Get on with it and get this done. It's fair. The people have voted yes for marriage equality. Now it's our job to deliver it. That is Malcolm Turnbull there talking straight after the responses for the same-sex marriage survey. Now, I will repeat this argument like... Uh, me and Maddie Benedetti made the point when we were talking about the first plebiscite back last year in 2016. A, uh, understandably, there are, there are opinion polls that have d reflected the result of this postal survey. But it's also a, another case of, you know, uh, it, it's another case of kind of going, well, why not have a free vote uh, in the in uh, Parliament to kind of allow same-sex marriage, like in other places, like I don't know 
the rest of the world. But the the point is, there is some credit now that now that we're on the other side of the same-sex marriage survey for allowing Australians to have their say. But it's kind of like, well, Australians are having their say in opinion polls. You could just promote uh, opinion polls and have uh, have them kind of faced off, if that makes sense. So, eh, I don't know. It's still it's still weird to me, and this this again is only one stepping stone uh, in in the adventure. So we're gonna hear from both sides of the yes and the no campaign. Starting with the no campaign, we're gonna hear from Lyle Shelton congratulating on the yes campaign. But he is from the no campaign, so here he is. Uh, first of all, I'd like to congratulate the, the yes campaign for their victory today. It's been decisive, and uh, I, I congratulate them on the campaign that they have won. Uh, for us here in the No Camp, obviously it's a disappointment, but uh, it, despite the valiant effort of so many of the people in this room here today and uh, thousands of volunteers right around the country, grassroots people who supported us with donations, uh, we haven't quite got to where we wanted to go, uh, but that's, uh, that's the result and the verdict the Australian people have delivered. Uh, I just want to thank uh, our volunteers and our team uh, for their work. I think. You have showed uh, great commitment in this campaign. Uh, you have helped convince uh, at least a million Australians to come our way in this vote. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to get over the line, but it's been a valiant effort. And I want to thank all the people in this room and all the people right around Australia who got behind the campaign that says it's OK to say no. That is uh, no campaigner Lyle Shelton there. Now we're going to hear from Penny Wong, who is a spokesperson for the Yes campaign. For the national results. Thank you, Australia. Thank you for standing up for fairness. Thank you for standing up for equality. Thank you for standing up for gay and lesbian Australians, the LGBTIQ community everywhere. Thank you for standing up for our families. Thank you for standing up for the sort of Australia we believe in. An Australia that is decent. An Australia that is fair. An Australia which is accepting an Australia which turns its back on exclusion and division. Thank you, Australia. And now Australians have done their part. It's time for the parliament to do our part. And together we will. Together this group, gathered here today from across the political spectrum, we will do our part. And I, I hope that everyone in this parliament has heard the resounding voice of the Australian people today. A mandate for change, a mandate for fairness, a mandate for equality, because it is time. It is time to change the marriage law. It is time to remove discrimination. It is time for equality. Final comment I want to make is this, and that's to our community, the LGBTIQ community across Australia. You didn't want this process, and it has been really hard for many of you. I know that because I've walked, moved around the country and spoken to many of you. Uh, and I hope from this you can take a message of solidarity, of support, of decency from your fellow Australians. Uh, so that was Senator Penny Wong, who was a spokesperson for the Yes campaign. Now let's break down these results, and apologies if this is sounding very familiar from the first hour, but we've got people joining us for the second hour, you know, it's, yeah, and it's, it's a huge story, so there, there's that. So nationally uh, the question that was that was sent out to millions across this fine land of down under 
Should the law be changed to allow same-sex couples to marry? Nationally, 62% said yes, 38% said no. New South Wales uh, had 58% yes, 42% no. Victoria had 65% yes, 35% no. Queensland had 61% yes, 39% no. West Australia had 64% yes, 36% no. South Australia had 62% yes, 38% no. Tasmania had 64, 36, that's yes, no, respectively. Australian Capital Territory had 74, 26, that's 74, yes, 26, no. And Northern Territory had 61, 39 uh, to the yes. <laughs> 39 to the yes. Now, and there were, there were websites out there shaming, like straight out there uh, shaming the no the, the, there was the whole thing of uh, here's the here's the territories that kind of went no now I but I do want to play this audio here uh, from ABC's uh, election analyst uh, Anthony Green who explains why New South Wales as a collective uh, voted no in in this state election uh, it's it's gonna be with uh, you know, uh, kind of more demographics uh, to me, uh, and it's their kind of convenience issues is also uh, also what he talks about in this audio. So here is uh, election anal an analysis, Anthony Green. In most cases, the result is as you would expect. The yes vote was very high in inner city electorates and it faded away to be lower in rural electorates. It was lower in outer suburban areas, lower in regional areas and highest in inner city seats. But there were a couple of pockets in Sydney and Melbourne where there was a very strong no vote. Uh, most of them in Labor electorates but the key attribute of them was their electorates with very high proportions of people from a non-English speaking background who've come from a culture where debates on same-sex marriage and homosexuality have not been common in politics. So that 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 is certainly true. The more the more outside of the city you get into the more rural areas, is definitely a very very good point, uh, and you you see that in in every every election as well. Is kind of uh, those sort of voters uh, tend to kind of move away from these sort of issues and it's also kind of again more so the convenience issue of this is really important it is very important but many people uh, don't view it as the same and like the clip from the ABS uh, said earlier it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, the areas the non-English speaking areas and the cultural areas where homosexuality is definitely there place they come from places where homosexuality is still illegal so that's not a definitely that's definitely not a conversation that they would want to attach themselves to and with the um, informal or donkey votes at being at 0.2 percent it kind of it, it's still it still kind of works in a lot of ways so <laughs> there is that. So that's our election on the same sex marriage postal survey. Till next time in this episode of uh, the Australia's journey to same sex marriage. <laughs>
Uh, as we continue here on the Jerk Live Show for a Sunday, where well, we ask the very important question, how does politics and bad decisions starved New York subways? Sound confused? As you should be. I don't know, as you should be. Uh, as we continue here on the Jericho Live Show for a Sunday, it's Dale Campbell here with you. We're doing it for Geek Thanks for joining us. It's 11.20. I pranked out there for a second. <laughs> give you a big dose of genericness. This is the Generic Live Show. Thanks for joining us here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. It's Dale Campbell here with you. We're doing it for Geekio. Thanks for joining us. I don't know if I've mentioned this hour, but it's my birthday. Yay. First hour was really riddled with it, but now that it's... Uh, it still, it still counts. It's still, it's still 11.24. It still counts, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, right. Uh, there's, there's that. Uh, thanks for joining us uh, here on the Geek Hire Show. Whether you're listening to us live at twitch.tv slash Geek Hire Show, uh, you, can, uh, you can give us a follow. Hashtag follow us for free. You know, we have bits. You can give us some bits. Throw us your bits. You can even drop a little subscription. Uh, a little subscription uh, every month for all of the great content we have and all of the shows on the network. Uh, there as well ha- hashtag every little bit helps as I drop everything in the studio because that's apparently a thing I do uh, or at patreon patreon.com slash show tinyurl.com slash store there's lots of ways you can help out the network but uh, lots of ways you can help out uh, the New York subways on the other hand wow wow segway of the century segment of the century doodah <laughs> Now that I've ruined it by singing, but anyway, <laughs> now I've ruined the joke. The New York Times went on this on this investigative journalism tirade that that went a little a little something like this. It involved that, so there you go. That's again, that's me. Live in studio, you never, you never knew this. Just in studio, just bashing out these keys in this order. Although I did, I did used to play piano, so that is not too far from the truth. So politics and bad decisions, uh, how they have starved New Yorkers' subways. So basically, the, the gist of this, it, it's really good. The, it's a good read. It's basically my recommendation to go read this article more so than than anything else uh and it's kind of basically talking about how a failed system is based off decisions of people in power so and it's 
it's really it's it's a really good read. It's bad that you know there's that sort of stuff. So a rush hour Q train uh, see, uh, careered off the rails in southern Brooklyn. A track fire on the A line in Manhattan. The F train stalled in a midtown tunnel, leaving hundreds in the dark without air conditioning for an hour. Oh boy. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, they talk about the various injuries and that sort of thing. I want to talk about this chart though. So ridership steadily rose uh, from 92 to 08. Uh, so ridership rose from zero uh, all the way up 77%. And then maintenance started to drop. So uh, ridership kind of went down and then it's now up to 6% in 20. Uh, 2012 and on time performance steadily. Uh, so, okay, never mind. So, here uh, it's through to 16. Sorry, so ridership is up 77% in 2016 compared to 92. Maintenance is they spend plus 6% more time on it. On time performance has declined 26% since 1992. Uh, so I just want to uh, put that there in the chat. I just want to put something in the chat so all of that link isn't showing for the entire video. So they stripped a 1.5 billion, that's billion with a B, from MTA by repeatedly diverting tax revenues embarked for the subways and also determining large payments for financial advice. So they also go on to talk about the lines specifically. So decline performance in at every single line. So this is this is super local, but it it works. It, it's real. It's really good read. So uh, more than ninety percent of trains received their destinations on time. Most in on most subways line in two thousand seven. Ten years later, that figure is less than seventy percent. So uh, two thousand seven, the one line. At 93 to 68, two line is down to 32 percent. This is, I this is performance, 32 percent. Uh, then 52 on the three, 33 on the four, 34 on the five, 50 on the on the uh, on the six, down to 76 on the seven, and, and they hover around low 30s. And the L line, for whatever reason, is still up at 92. Uh, so, I don't know what the L line, I don't know what the L line represents. But a steep decline in cash also doesn't help, apparently, according to the New York Times. The New York subway system has always struggled to get money that it needs. Declines of uh, decades of cost-cutting and deferred maintenance led the darkest days in the history of 113-year-old system. The crisis in the 70s when the subway became a symbol of urban decay. So, there you go. And then the mayor that's come in has, has never, uh, since 1970, has kind of uh, kind of declined it. They also talk about how getting less and borrowing more uh, for repairs, so not bringing in the money and then kind of borrowing it for urgent repairs. That's also, they talk about that uh, in this article as well. Uh, and a kind of a state piggy bank that always 
uh, gets squeezed as well. That's the, the, yeah, we. I could dig into this article, but I thought I'd just. This is Dale brings articles for other people to read <laughs> to the table. But it's a it is a good read, and I kind of uh, kind of like stories like this because I'm a person who frequently uh, uses public transport, and a person that kind of. Uh, you still, yeah, uses public transport, and we've just gotten up here. We've just gotten little cards that you can put money on for public transport. You know, we call them go cards, and you can kind of they're little like plastic credit card looking things, and you can put money on there for your buses and your trains and that sort of thing. But we only have buses up here, so isn't for the bus, and you don't have to worry about it. We just got it. And the rest of Australia has had them for years, and we've just got them. So, you know, it uh, public transport and particularly buses and rail have really struggled to keep up with demand as well. You got to think of that as well. There's no, there's no demand uh, as well. So there is that. As we continue here on the Jack Live Show for a Sunday, well, the. Lead guitarist for ACDC, Malcolm Young, has passed away. Will re- music icons remember him? And also, how do what do aliens and techno music have in common this week? You'll find out. All this and more coming up next on the Jack Live Show with Dale Campbell. Thanks for joining us. It's 11.32. Fictional doctors say that you should start your day the generic live show way. This is the generic live show. Thanks for joining us here on the generic live show for a Sunday. It's Dale Campbell here with you. We're doing it for Geek Thanks for joining us. We had a t- little bit of a technical hiccup there. We do apologize for that, but thanks for joining us. Regardless, we're here again. Thanks for joining us. You know, it's it, it happens. Technical hiccups. You can't avoid them. This music's pretty good. I like this. Alright. Thanks for joining us. So, musical icon, Neil, uh, Malcolm Young. Not Neil Young, not Neil Diamond, but Malcolm Young from ACDC, the lead guitarist, and oftentimes known as the best rhythm guitarist, uh, the uh, that uh, rock people have seen. Rock people. You know, rock people. What is wrong with me? Rock people. Them rock people. <laughs> rock is not a genre I'm familiar with much, let alone classic rock. But anyway, uh, Jimmy Barnes and Keith Urban both uh, have said that, uh, that Malcolm Young is the best rhythm guitarist that they've seen as tributes uh, fall for mu- Australian music icon... Malcolm Young, who as he dies at age 64 uh, from uh, on uh, early onset of dementia. 
Zhang, who is known for his powerhouse riffs and rhythm guitar that propelled the Sydney group into the world of stardom, died on Saturday afternoon. So yesterday afternoon. Uh, where am I going? Oh, I'm skipping ahead. I'm already reading the article about uh, aliens and techno, what they have to do with each other. Uh, Australian rocker Barnes said Young was, quote, the greatest rhythm guitarist player ever, unquote, and extended condolences to his brother and fellow ACDC member Angus Young. Number one in the chat room is schooling me. I should be saying rock and roll, not classic rock. I do apologise. Australian uh, It's a sad day for music, Burns posted on Twitter. Australian country music star Urban said he was devastated by Young's death. Quote, for me personally, the greatest rhythm guitarist of all time, uh, Urban tweeted. Quote, thank you, Malcolm, for all of your spirit and fire and passion, ferocity, gravitas, uh, and all of your ethereal inspiration. Eddie Van Halen was among the large cohort of international rock greats who have also paid homage to Neil Online, a uh, young online. I keep saying Neil Young, <laughs> not Neil Young. It's it's Malcolm Young. Malcolm Young was a friend of mine and my heart and soul for of ACDC. Van Halen says, "Quote: I have had some of the best times of my life with him in our 1984 Europe tour. Uh, he will be missed, and my deepest condolences to his family, bandmates, and friends." So, there you go. We've got other. We got other people who was uh, who said tribute Ozzy Osbourne, Montley Crew, uh, co-founder of Nikki Six with two X's, Rage Against the Machine, uh, Axeman Tom Morello, and Kiss frontman Paul Stanley. Uh, but now nah, Young wasn't in the band. I said Neil Young. Uh, it was replaced by his uh, nephew Stevie for ACD's last tour promoting the 2014 album Rock or Bust after Dimension forced him into retirement. He died peacefully on Saturday. Formed in... Uh, uh, so some background on on some ACDC. If you're not familiar for who they are, you can get schooled with me. Yay! Uh, they are a Australian rock and roll band <laughs> uh, formed by Malcolm and Angus Young 1973 out of Sydney uh, who they pumped out music all of the time during that time like Powerage, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap which say that 10 times faster and you'll be you'll be amazing the band survived the 1980 death of frontman Bon Scott returning with the classic Back in Black which remains to be their second best-selling album of all times, with an estimated 50,000 copies sold worldwide. So, Angus shared the sad news on Facebook this morning. Quote, as my... As he... Excuse me. Take two. As his brother, it is hard to express in words what he's meant during my life. The bond we had was unique and very special, he posted. He has left behind an enormous legacy that will live on forever. Malcolm, job well done. So, there you go. I, that, that is sad. I, I actually, no, I know, 
I, I, I'm not, I know who ACDC is, and I remember listening to uh, some of their music, but I don't uh, remember, uh, I wasn't a huge, I wouldn't say I was a fan girl of theirs, but I de definitely knew their music, and I still think Thunderstruck is still, that, that song is, is really good. If you're gonna, if you're gonna do, if you're gonna listen to a song, Thunderstruck. Thunderstruck. Uh, play that underneath the uh, the new segment of the show that kind of went awry in the first hour. But yeah, you can you can do that. So look up ACDC, give them a spin, and do that. But don't blast them in outer space. <gasps> I'm full of segways. Yay! Uh, it was a good idea to... <laughs> now, here's a question you don't hear every day. Ask yourself this question. Here's a good question for you. Was it... Was it a good idea to beam our best techno in an alien world? Was it? Was it really? In the in the year 2030, a powerful radio transmission uh, organizing from Earth will arrive at a potentially habitable exoplanet located... Approximately 12.4 light years away. Huh. Impressive. Should any alien intelligence be there to receive it, they are in for quite a treat. Uh, turns out they sent the chain smokers. The chain smokers uh, have been put in a ship and, and sent away. See, I can make a chain smokers reference because I'm young. Uh, they, they, yeah, they sent away the chain smokers. The chain smokers are gone in a jet. Uh, that selfie and that closer song just zoom in space. <laughs> they they put on their they put on their unicorn booties and they they are gone. Uh, the fact they had that still handy is pretty good. <laughs> uh, uh, great treat. This binary system of data contains short musical clips from some of the world's best electronic musicians. If this art if this article dare says to Chainsmokers, I am done with this show. I'm done with this show. Three days in October, organizers uh, of the Spanish Solar Electronic Music Festivals pointed at the 32-meter-wide European Incoherent Scatter Scientific Association. What? We're full of weird organization names today. That one more time is the is the European Incoherent. Scatter Scientific Association. <coughs> uh, you, uniformly, you, know, uh, uniformly known as uh, ESCAT. <laughs> so uh, it's definitely not Diz, J I Z. Uh, radio attended towards the sky and sent bursts of radio signals towards the GJ273, uh, a uh, red dwarf, <laughs> red dwarf star. Known as latent star that hosts two known planets that may be capable of supporting life. It's like moving house across town, right? Twelve point four million light years away, and people still think the rounds are the world's flat. Ha! Huh? With the help of astronomers from METI, messages to ex extraterrestrial intelligence, and the science studies of Catala, IEEC. The Solar team, be named digitally, included clips 
of music such as artist Attitude, Holy Merrin, Jean Michael Jar, Modest Skeletor, Madmoss, Code Nine, and Laurel Halo. Thank God there was no chain smokers in there. No chain smokers. This show is safe. There is no chain smokers that are being sent to other planets. I mean, that's a good thing and a bad thing. A, because they'd be off Earth, and B, we don't want that disease spreading. No chain smokers. <coughs> that might be in the summary. No chain smokers. Uh, I don't want them to come after me, though. That's that's the thing. In April 2018, that will uh, that will do it again. Sending 15 tracks from some of the 33 artists who were taking part in the festival. No chain smokers. Uh, you can listen to the 10-second-long tracks uh, beam during the first transmission here. Oh, okay. Let's see if. This is a good idea. Uh, Solar calling. Oh god, this website is all in a language I don't know what the, it is. Uh, so it, it had to be Spanish. I'm assuming I'm navigating a Spanish site that that I don't know. Okay. Oh, here we go. That's this is the ten second play. That sounds like something in reverse. Uh, let's. So that was from 16th of the 10th, 2017. Uh, how about some Code Nine? Uh, that will that this will end well. This this will end real well. Actually, no. That's this is a 10 second clip. Right. Oh God! Oh dear God! No! Oh! Oh, right in my ear holes when I'm not expecting it. Oh, gross. Okay, let's let's try this again. Oh. Oh. oh, that's that's creepy. That's really creepy. Oh, okay. Uh. <laughs> Moving off that very quickly, how about uh, this Laurel Halo? What's she up to? Is she is she whispering into our ear holes too? Please. What? Please. Okay. Wait. Is she is she the one? Saving us, or are we? What are we doing here? Uh, what about the Black Madonna? How about the Black Madonna? The Black Madonna. Uh, how about it? We what? I, okay, I feel like this is. I feel like this is a uh, uh, a post show, a post show exploration. Uh, but we're, we're sending things uh, in outer space. We're sending clips of... Uh, clips of... Techno songs to outer space to see if there's life on another planet? I suppose. 12 light years away. For some reason. Uh, called Sonya's Calling. The project is 
a quote celebration of artistic scientific experiment and a collective reflection to open to humans and extraterrestrials according to the festival's website so this festival is is uh, legitimately designed to gather people around oh, stop that uh, to gather people around to to record second snaps of, of that that's really cool actually some of the stuff's creepy but it's really cool so each contributing artist had to compose and specifically prepare their music for transmission given the very slow data transmission weight of a 500 bits per second you can give us 500 bits per second too uh, that's about 250,000 times slower than an mp3 playback god and the musician will require to compose a brief 10 second uh, long pieces of very low digital quality uh, for audio files among <laughs> oh god that sounds that sounds dirty it was a PCM encoding with only 8 bits in mono oh god god that sounds painful but that that's that's a cool concept I don't know how I really want to does this say music into space? Ah, this actually this actually does explain more. So we'll we'll listen to this to kind of recap this. Now celebrate its twenty fifth anniversary. The festival turns its and twenty fifth out of antennas yeah. upwards, sending music into space in an attempt to make first contact with an alien civilization. Huh. Okay. I'm the president of METI, an organization dedicated to messaging extraterrestrial intelligence. Thanks to Sonar, and for the first time in the history of humanity, three transmissions have been sent to a specific and potentially habitable exoplanet, CJ273b, circling a red dwarf called Leuton Star, just 12.4 light years from Earth. Are uh, only, by the way, I like that, only located 12.7 million light years away. He continues. Pieces of music of 10 seconds each, created specially for the occasion by a selection of artists close to the festival. In it's April 2018, Sonar will send 15 more musical pieces from a selected group of artists. And this second set of transmissions will also be open to your participation because it'll include three selected musical pieces created by our audience. Huh, okay. So it's it's a music festival broadcasted to space. Huh. Alright, but is it a good idea? Is is it a good idea? Create is it is it a good idea? I think it's uh, now that now that I've learnt more about it, I thought I thought it was less of that and more of just randomly throwing things in space. But knowing that there's a thing behind it, that's cool. That's very cool. Huh. All right. Well, did you did you know we're sending music into outer space? No, you didn't. As we continue here on the Jack Live Show for a Sunday, you learn something new every day. Here at GLS HQ, just doing our jobs. Uh, but and we'll also tell you there's a particular beverage that men are now drinking. 
more so than what they ever did before. As we continue here on the Jack Live Show for a Sunday, it's Dale Campbell here with you. It's 11.52. Whether we're waking you up or putting you to sleep, this is the Generic Live Show. Thanks for joining us here on the Generic Live Show where we unmute our microphones. It's a fantastic new concept. You should try it sometime, Dale. Thanks for joining us. It's good to be here. Now, we've got, we've got suggestions from the chat room on what we should send to outer space, apart from this show. Uh, apart from apart from sending 10 second snippets of this show, uh, we should apparently send uh, the the Geek IO uh, theme music, the 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 mantra of of Geek IO uh, out. Uh, oh, that, I ruined my punchline. I ruined my punchline. Uh, we should we should send the infamous Geek IO theme music uh, into <laughs> into outer space. Uh, we should we should do the should do the infamous quack dot mp4 in space. Could you imagine this in space? In space, you could you could imagine that in space. <laughs> Takey gamer in the chat says. Wrecking, wrecking bolo. <laughs> Although wrecking ball, uh, uh, I, I'm sure there's a. Is there a tick? Uh, no version of wrecking ball that we could that we could send. All right, let's see here. Let's. That's not. What is this? We can send that into space. Let's send let's send that into space. Let's let's Whatever this is. There you go. We'll send that and now we're banned. Alright, let's let's not do that. Uh came in like a rook Alright. <laughs> what was that? DJ Dale on the decks. Alright, so men are drinking more rose. Have fun. Thanks for joining us. Dale Campbell, 1157. No. Rose. Uh, rose. We're calling it hashtag Rose Revival, or at least this article is saying uh, Rose re- Revival. Oh, there you go. We could, we could send the Professor Shy Guy's version of Wrecking Ball into space. Uh, there we, we can send this into outer space. 
It's uh, this. Hang on. It's not lighting. There we go. All right. There we go. I wonder if Professor Shaga would be into this sort of thing. Alright, someone someone send a message to Professor Shaga and go, Hey, do you want to beam your music into out of space? I'm sure let's let's all get on that. Uh alright. <laughs> uh the Rose Revival. Quick, someone. We're in the show back on the rails. We're, we're nearly done, we're nearly done. Uh forget your craft beers, grab a bottle of pink stuff and have fun. As I knock my microphone off. Uh, so, uh, the collections of Rosea providing a hit for the ordinary Aussie guy. Quote, we certainly see a change between now and uh, five to six years ago. These days, men are more likely to try Rosé uh, when we see it in a cellar door, he says. Just this year, we're doubling our production of Rosé. Uh, Mr. Ray told Sunday Morning Telegraph the drop was even more popular with a game of footy. Oh. Right. Game of sports ball. You can, uh, uh, you can uh, drink your uh, rosé. Huh. Have fun. So men like more flavor in their wines, and that's what they're seeking with a rosé. Over the last five years, not just men, but more and more people have been drinking rosé. The quality increased uh, sustainably and has more attention to detail. He says the colour shouldn't be an issue because yeah, men are not men, men are now drinking rosé because they're not ashamed of the colour. And why not? You know, there's nothing wrong with pink. He says, looking around his desk, seeing like five, six things that are pink. Uh, <laughs> uh, but there you go. Men are drinking pink wine, and people are beaming songs into outer space. 2017, ladies and gentlemen, end of the year is coming soon. Uh, thank you everyone for joining us here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. It's been a pleasure as always. I've been Dale Campbell. Uh, you can find this show at geek-io.net. We're a proud member of the Geek.io network. Uh, I've been Dale Campbell. YouTube.com slash Geek.io show. Uh, YouTube.com slash Generic Live Show. You can find uh, the pre-show and the post-show at YouTube.com slash Generic Live Show. And I feel like the post-show is going to be a good one now. <laughs> uh, and... Yeah, Facebook.com slash uh, Generic Live Show, Generic Live Show at gmail.com, Patreon.com slash Geek.io, tinyurl.com slash Generic Store. I have way too many links. Uh, I should put them in the doc sometime and just pump that. All right. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, it's Dale Campbell here with you. Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure as always. It's, a, it's 12.01. This has been a Geek.io Media Network production. Copyright 2017.